0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. Got a special edition here for you. Normally, you know, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know that we don't do interviews here. You just get straight two, three hours straight of rambling uh, about our opinions on the sport, our breakdown, analysis, whatever you want to call it. Well, that's not what's going to happen today. Um, Today, we got an interview with Tim Smith, head of communications for PBC Um, I had a lot of fun doing this interview. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, I I don't really have much to say. Enjoy it. All right. So we'll start there because that's a perfect uh, spot. So um, I guess the the first question I have from you, and we just kind of discussed this a little bit, but like um, you're aware... Since you have you know some level of awareness of social media, but you're aware of like the super split factions between boxing fans, what do you make of that? And specifically from the perspective of like you came up you know when there was no social media, mm-hmm. so what do you think is the difference like between the way fans are these days based off of the way it was back then?
1: Well, I, I just think that. I I think there's a lot of ignorance out there and I think there's a lot of agendas that are being driven and I think that there are people that know better, uh, but they choose not to uh, tell the truth. I I think they choose not to investigate what's true and what's not true. There are a lot of people that aren't necessarily journalists, but that hold themselves out to be journalists simply because they, you know, have information um, but they're not objective and, you know, I just, mm. uh, it, you know, it does, I mean, it doesn't surprise me, but I think when history looks back at this period of time, it's going to be one of the darkest periods in human existence. You know, I think this, you know, just the, the incivility of people, uh, toward people that they don't know or haven't come to know or don't have no interest in knowing, Uh, is going to be looked upon as just a really dark point in man's history. Uh, You know, I don't know where it all leads. You know, I hope it reverses itself. It doesn't look like it's going to. Uh, But, you know, I think that's where society is. And I think boxing gets caught up into that as well because there's just a lot of negativity uh, surrounding the sport. And people have agendas and people have people that they like and they have business practices that they like. Uh, but they're, but, you know, they, they, uh, they want to carry those forward and they don't want to leave open the possibility that there's more than one way to do something. And, um, you know, I, I just think that's where we are in this, in this day and age of social media. And I think boxing falls into, you know, that category.
0: Yeah. Um, you have like The privilege of you're actually involved in things and like you've been to you know i I don't know how many events pbc has put on thus far dating back to the inception of i believe 2015 um Mm -hmm. so let's kind of look at the bright side of things what would you say have been some of your favorite moments um being involved with pbc
1: well i i think overall i I just like The fact that, um, you know, to a certain degree, we've been able to put uh, the careers of boxing back into the hands of the boxers. You know, autonomy with regard to um, having a say in how their careers go. Um, You know, we've been paying guys consistently uh, what we think that their value is. You know, one of the arguments early on was that we were overpaying guys. I remember and that. And now you look at what, yeah, you, know, you remember that argument? And now that other people are uh, indeed overpaying guys, nobody ever says anything about that anymore. And it's one of the most amazing things. But, you know, I, I, I would like for us to be able to take the credit that guys are actually getting paid, you know, what they're worth. Uh, and in some cases getting paid more than what they're worth. But bosses are making money. And it's a brutal sport. And, you know, these guys, once they're done, you know, there's no retirement plan for them. Um, and, you know, so that's one of the highlights. You know, the other highlight that I that I like is that, you know, we have uh, fights that have done, you know, great ratings on regular television. Yeah. You know, um, Thurman Pete Porter Irwin and Danny Garcia. Yeah you know, did very well. Spence uh, and a, uh, Bundu? Spence and Bundu, like right after the Olympics, and people are like, well, what did you expect it to do? It was right after the Olympics. Yeah, we knew that. I mean, that's called television programming. Right. Um, you, you know, and just the ignorance of that is like, oh, well, you know, it definitely it was going to do a better number. It came out right out of the Olympics, as if we didn't plan to do that. <laughs> um you know, but those are just some of the better moments, and, you know, we've, and, you know, I look back at, you know, this past year where we had so many great fights that, you know, were in the conversation for Fight of the Year, you know, um, and, you know, we were putting on great shows, but at the same time people were, overall, the, the idea was that, the idea that was carried forth by our critics was that we had mismatches, and, you know, all the matches sucked, and you know, we didn't know what we were doing and things like that. And, you know, our guys don't, our stars don't fight each other and, and all that kind of stuff yet. You know, here we have, you know, Jared Hurd being upset by by uh, Julian Williams, you know, um, Lamont Peterson, one of the greatest warriors at 140 and 147 pounds, getting retired by, you know, Sergey Lipinitz in a, I mean, in just a an all-out war. Caleb Plant winning, you know, his title the year before. Um, You know, Pacquiao and Thurman, Spence and Porter, you know, Spence and Garcia. And I know people say that that was a mismatch, Uh, but, you know, God bless Mikey Garcia for, you know, trying (laughs) to be great, for daring to be great. And, you know, nobody, nobody ever takes that into consideration that here's a man who's daring to be great and daring to do something, you know, that would cement his legacy if he wins. But you know, if he loses, then everybody wants to call him a bum. He's not a bum. He's a he's a guy that reached for the stars and he didn't, you know, and he and he and he, and he, and he didn't get it. But at least he tried, right? Um, you know, and that, and now that he's you know fighting on, uh, you know, he's fighting on the zone and he's you know he's fighting a match room match. You know, we'll see how great he turns out to be because you know, as soon as he if he beats Jesse Vargas, then you know oh, it's the greatest thing ever. You know, Mikey (laughs) Garcia is one of the all-time greats. You know, he should be put back in a pound-for-pound. But, you know, people were hesitant to put him in a pound-for-pound when he was fighting, you know, on PBC. So, But, you know, there are just so many things that I'm really proud of. And, you know, uh, I'm proud of the way that, you know, the guys that fight for PBC are loyal, you know, the loyalty that they have. You know, the, the fact that they like their autonomy. You know, and, and they can they see that having control of your career trumps whatever, you know, dollars are waved in front of you, particularly dollars for one offs where there's no plan, there's no future, you know, and, um, you know, they're smart enough to see that, you know, and, and um, you know, I, I, you know, and I'm really proud of the roster that we have, the roster of guys.
0: One thing Yo. that I've noticed like about that is um, it seems like when guys go off and and it's ha- it's happened, we've seen guys go off and fight on other platforms, whether it be Sergei derevyan or Mikey Garcia coming up. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it still seems though, like these guys are still part of the family. Like it's not like these guys are gone and don't, don't exist. Like you're bringing up Mikey Garcia very specifically. You brought him up several times already. Um, and it's like, those guys are still part of the family. Like is that kind of the the approach?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Danny Jacobs, still part of the family. I mean, still advised by Al. I mean, all these guys are still advised by Al. You know, and and, and even if they for whatever reason decide that they, you know, don't want to fight on a PBC platform, guess what? They can always come back and fight on the PBC platform. I mean, there's no banishment. There's no you know, I've heard the term embargo or that kind of thing. <laughs> There's none of that. We're not I mean, getting an you know, embargo here. These guys here. are always. <laughs> <laughs> these guys are always welcome to come back. And plus, like I said, Al still advises them. You know, they still. You know, they still have him looking over their shoulder and reading their contracts and making sure that they're not getting screwed. You know. Um, but wouldn't that be, be inconsistent
0: with people who may want to say that you know Al's out of the picture because they're somewhere else?
1: Yeah, but even if you go up to the guys that you know that were that are being out, advised by Al, they will still tell you that he's still advising them, and <laughs> and yet you know even though pe- even though they tell people that. You know, there are people that go, no, nah, that's not true. They're just saying that to, you know, to, so Al can save face. Al doesn't need to save face with that. Come on, are you kidding me? Why would this man, who, who doesn't show his face, need to save it? You know, I mean, I, that, that is, like, confounding to me. But, you know, regardless of that, you know, these guys know what's going on. And, you know, they know where they stand. And they know that they can always come back. And, you know, look if if you can't make that kind of money you know fighting on a PBC platform go get it go get the money and then come back when you're ready you know we can't if we can't give you seven million dollars a fight go get the seven million dollars a fight there's always going to be a home for you to come back and fight here you know you can always come back but go but go get the money you know um You know, and and Al's role as an advisor is to advise, to advise them to take the best deal they possibly can. He's still going to map out your future for you, but go take the money.
0: Um, so let's let's talk about Deontay Wilder. Um, mm-hmm. He's got Tyson Fury. What next? We're almost a week away, and um, yeah. this is the rematch. We we all know the situation that got us here, but I want to talk about like. The lead up to this fight, specifically the partnership, the, the joint pay-per-view between ESPN and Fox, never been done. What has that been like, you know, for you in terms of like comparing it to how you normally... I mean, you you guys have now been a part of pay-per-views with Spence and Porter and Wilder and Ortiz. How's this compared to the other ones? And I'm guessing that you might have been in the picture when uh, Floyd Mayweather was active, probably. But how does this one specifically compare to all the other ones?
1: Well, I just think that there are more cooks in the kitchen. There are more, you know, uh, spoons in the soup, as it were. But the soup, you know, the the meal is still being prepared. Uh, you know, the, the soup is still being cooked. And, you know, and it's going to taste great when it's finished. Um, you know, there are several ways to do things and, you know, get things done. Um, you know, but, you know, so far it's, it's, it's worked out smoothly. I, you know, I think... I think the biggest thing what everybody was, you know, worried about was just how the two networks would get along. But, I mean, it's television, and there are a lot of good people on both sides that know, you know, television programming and know how to market a, a, a program and, and you know, how to treat a, a, a match of this magnitude and this size, you know, like a major event. So, um, you know, there, there haven't been any problems that I've seen. Has has it made your you know, job easier harder? Or Well, you know, my job my job in this is just dealing with Deontay. Hmm. And, you know, I mean Deontay is the greatest. So I I haven't I haven't had any problems. I mean, you know, if they send me requests for Deontay from ESPN or from top rank, if they say, you know, we have reporters that want to talk to him or we have a group of reporters that wanna to go to camp or, you know, do this phone interview or whatever, you know, we fit, we fit it into the schedule and he's done everything pretty much that we've asked him to do. Um, you know, so I primarily deal with Deontay on this, uh, you know, keeping his schedule and, and just sort of managing his, his time and, and that kind of stuff and managing publicity around him, you know, the rest of the stuff, marketing and stuff like that, you know, uh, I I'm not involved in that. I was involved in some of the PR strategies and stuff, but, you know all of these people all the people that are involved in this have been involved in the sport you know for for quite some time i mean fox is sort of new to the sport but they did combat sports with ufc you know ufc and boxing are different but there are some elements of it that's the same you know the same people that write about ufc you know for the most part they understand boxing they write about boxing as well uh so You know, everybody is professional. Everybody knows what has to be done, and everybody has the same goal to make this one of the most successful heavyweight championship fights, you know, on pay-per-view ever. And, you know, that's the goal, and I think everybody wants to do that. I think everybody involved in this wants wants it to be successful and wants it to make money. So, you know, with that in mind, nobody's getting in the way of, of, you know, doing something or having to say that, you know, well, it's got to be my way or we're not going to do it. You know, I haven't been on any conference calls where anybody's actually done that. And, you know, people are working together. So, you know, I think it's going to I think it's going to be it's going to be a really good promotion. I think it's going to be a really good show. And, you know, we'll see what it does on pay-per-view. I'm not I'm not going to go out there and predict what it's going to do. I have no earthly idea what it's going to do. I do know that pay-per-view has changed drastically since, you know, Mayweather has been putting up, you know, Mayweather put up those kinds of numbers. There's a lot of theft. You know, involved oh, for sure. <laughs> in in, in pay per view now. So, you know, uh, so the, those numbers that you used to get, you're not going to get anywhere near those numbers. Um, but I still think it'll be successful. And the other part of that is, you know, I I really don't know what Fox views as a successful pay per view. I don't know what their you know profit margin is or what their break even margin is or anything like that. So. You know, when people are sitting around saying that a fight does 350,000 buys or, you know, 250,000 buys, that it was a bust or not successful, you know, I don't know what they're judging that off of. Are they judging that off of what other pay-per-view buys did like three, four years ago when Mayweather was fighting regularly, you know, on pay-per-view? Are they doing that based on, you know, what Canelo Alvarez did before HBO went out of business? I don't know what they're judging that on. And I, like I said, I don't know what Fox's bottom line is on pay-per-views. They may have a very different number than everybody else has in mind for the profitability of a pay-per-view.
0: Well, in looking at their earnings uh, reports, I, they have reported that they've experienced, I, I forgot the exact number, but it was like a 20 or $30 million increase in revenue based off of which they attributed to pay-per-view buys. And then another aspect of that certainly is like with the online distribution now of pay-per-views, you're cutting out. Um, mm-hmm. you know, one of the hands that was holding out expecting their cut. So definitely mm-hmm. the whole landscape of pay-per-views drastically changed in the past few years.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, quiet has just kept, there was a new deal negotiated within demand, you know, for, Oh, that is true. For mm-hmm. What they get for pay-per-views now. So yeah, I, I think the dynamics have changed tremendously. Um, so, but, you know, if we have real boxing writers, we have people writing about that. But, you know, everybody just wants to know when the you know, get a scoop on when the next fight is and who's fighting, you know, when is Maurice Hooker fighting, I don't know, Joe Blow or whatever.
0: Well, um, interesting. I
1: should have said that. I'm sorry. I, I don't, I, 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 you know, I, I like Maurice Hooker. But I, shouldn't have, I shouldn't have said He's that. He's in Maybe the news today, so it's topical. Eyes. Oh, okay yeah but i could use one of our guys as an example when is errol spence
0: fighting whatever whatever. right well that uh, also another guy that's probably we'll we'll get to him separately um Mm -hmm. but like what are some of the difficulties because you're right what fans generally want to know is like when is the next fight happening who's when is whose fight going to happen next and so like Mm -hmm. fight announcements take a while we don't get them like there's not like just massive steady stream of fight announcements. So like behind the scenes, what are some of the difficulties that fans may not be aware of that hold up fight announcements even though we we may know generally like oh yeah, this guy's going to fight in May, but we don't have anything announced till like April. Like what what would that hold up be?
1: Well, the hold up would be, you know, you, the, you know, one or more of the parties hasn't signed a contract yet and you know, if you go ahead and announce a fight before you have a contract, guess what? Fighter A comes back and goes, you know what? I'm fighting. I just, you know, read that I'm fighting on pay-per-view. You know, I know we've been talking about that, but you know what? My number just went up by this much. (laughs) Because then they know that, you know, if it's being reported, then, you know, you you must have that inked in somewhere on the calendar that it's got to get done. And so, you know, that's, Part of it is that it's you know you don't and you don't really want to announce something as being official until you are actually until you actually have the contracts signed you know until it is official you know like one of like I said one of the things is that you know either one or both of the fighters come back and ask for more money um so you don't necessarily want to you know start bidding against yourself by you know virtue of the fact that somebody's reporting that a fight is done or you know that uh it's close to being done or whatever. So, you know, but there are a lot of factors that are involved in, you know, whether, um, you know, when a fight is officially announced. So, you know, then you got to get the venue deal done, you know, maybe, maybe you're, maybe you're negotiating with, you know, one network or another in terms of the license fee, you know, so, um, there are, you know, there are quite a few factors that are involved that, you know, behind the scenes, people just don't see. Fans just don't see. Fans just want to see what they want to see. And I get that. You know, I, I get that they want to see, you know, certain matches and everything. There's a lot of work that goes into making those matches.
0: Um, how last year, when you guys had the unveiling for the Fox schedule, um, or actually, mm-hmm. it might not have been last year. Damn, Two it's more than ago. a year ago. Yeah. Uh, and then, but, and then also the year before that, you had the Showtime upfront. What, like, mm-hmm. how m- difficult was that to put together where you're announcing a dozen fights at once? Because you just went that's over what's... massive.
1: Yeah, that's massive. You know, I mean, with the Fox thing, that was, like, just part of... That was part of the first year of, you know, doing the deal. So they had some time. Because they did want to do a big rollout. They had some time to get all of those fights together. You know, and, you know, I don't know if you recall, but one of those fights sort of fell out like Keith Thurman, I think. Ended up being hurt or getting hurt or something.
0: Um, um, no, Keith um, fought Hozido. Um, well, Leo's Leo's opponent.
1: Uh, it was it was Leo's, Leo's opponent. opponent. Out. Yeah. Right. So yeah, somebody I know somebody got hurt in that group, and you know, and, and Miguel Flores and didn't fight Miguel Flores. So I mean, but when we rolled out with Fox and everything, so they had months and months and months to try to put those together you know, to, to be able to roll out the first, you know, four or five months of that, uh, of that programming. Um, and, you know, I mean, that takes a lot of work to be able to do that. And then, you know, you gotta have people that aren't talking and releasing information and, you know, doing things like that. So I think one of the, you know, one of the greatest things about the Fox deal was just how quiet it was kept, Right. you know, until it was time to, until it was time to announce it. So, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, but since, since then, of course, uh, I think we've been sold to Endeavor. I think they <laughs> bought us or something. Yeah. I think, I think we got sold to Endeavor since then. Yeah. I was and, told the next uh, call
0: was going to be with Dana White.
1: Yeah. And then, and then, yeah, Dana White is, is buying us or something, you know, I, 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 I can't keep it all straight. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, that <laughs> Yeah. um, Yeah, that takes months and months of preparation, you know, and we're now that we're just rolling and we got so many, you know, things that are coming up. It's just, you know, that kind of advanced planning and movement. It's just tough to be able to put those kind of pieces together and, and, you know, and and have one of those big major announcements. Um, Love to do it, though. I think those I think those, you know, those things are great. If you can get it, you can, you know, launch it and get it off the ground.
0: Yeah, I, I would say that in terms of ideas, well, with the exception of um, it being done for the first time ever last uh, fall, it is uh, certainly a popular idea to unveil like a whole schedule versus, um, you know, one or two fights here or there. Uh let's ask let's look towards the future. Um, who do you consider to be PBC's next generation of stars? And we all know about Joey Spencer. We all know about Vito Milneki because these two dudes are really young and they've gotten these platforms on Fox, but like who else are you looking at right now?
1: You mean after the after the current group is you know, after the Javante Javante Davis's of the world are gone. Um
0: Javante's not uh,
1: Lewis Louis Lewis, Lewis Neary, guys like that. or I, I mean, if he can keep his weight under control, yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> both of them.
1: Yeah. I um, oh, mean, you're talking about, like, really young guys, right? I mean, yeah, like, like the, like the, the, the prospects, Baldera the guys on the undercard the still. Guys that are still on the undercards. Um, you know, I think Mel Nicky could be really good. You know, he's got to be brought along the right way. Um, you know, um I think, the old, I think Omar Juarez could be really good. Okay. Gotta, again, got to be brought along the right way.
0: I, I don't um, know that this guy's you know, PBC, but Jerry Perez? He's fought on a few PBC um, undercards that I've seen. He's going to yeah, be fighting on, on Showbox soon.
1: Undercards, Yeah, he's fought on a couple of PBC cards. Yeah, I mean, you know, guys like that could be good. I mean, but you're talking about, goodness gracious, you're talking about three years down the road, maybe, you know, two or three years down the road at least for some of these guys. And, you know, what always happens is, you know, you, you worry about stepping these guys up too soon. You we know, just saw with just. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you, you just, you know, and that's where matchmakers come in. You know, you, you want to test them and you want to see what they got, but you don't want to, you know, you don't want to shake their confidence too much. And, you know, if they get, you know, beaten, you know, early on, sometimes that's good, sometimes that's bad. So... What about a guy yeah, like? But those, but but that, but that group of but that group of guys is pretty good, you know.
0: What about Michelle Rivera? Is, um, is he? Uh, uh, do we consider him a PBC guy? He's fought on PBC, so I mean, it may make sense. But he's also aligned with Samson um, Lukovic. I
1: you know I don't know because I don't know the extent of. Whenever somebody asks me, "Is this guy PBC?" I have to call and find out whether <laughs> they have you know whether they're actually signed to us. Do we have a hotline I mean, for like, that? Oh my. Uh, I have a hotline for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if you have one, but I have one. Uh, so whenever we, you know, whenever somebody asks me, is this guy signed to the PBC or is he just a friend of the program? I have to call and find out, you know, because, uh, you know, when when, when, uh, there, when it was announced that Ray Vargas had signed, I was like, somebody said, is he signed to the PBC? I was like, eh, let me call the hotline. <laughs> you know, and they're like, yes, indeed, because we don't, you know, we don't make a big deal when we sign guys. We just, you know, they just sort of pop up and show up like that, like that kid, uh, well, but, you know, Matias, you oh. know, uh, the, the the Puerto Rican kid that was involved in the fight where the Russian guy yeah. dying, you know. Um, so Matias is <laughs> signed with PBC. He is signed with PBC, yes. Got it. So, you, you know, I... I have to check. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm like, give me the name. I'll call and find out and, and tell you yes or no. I most of the time I have no idea, you know, that they are or not. You know, sometimes I'm just surprised to see guys on our card but a lot of guys, but there are a lot of guys that are kind of friends of the program that fight, you know, on our cards and stuff that aren't necessarily signed by us.
0: Um, let's. Let's talk about promotion, specifically with TGB. So like PBC's work with uh, TGB a lot. Um, in addition mm-hmm. to guys like uh, Marshall Kaufman and Richard Schaefer and Leonard Ellerby, obviously, and Floyd Mayweather with Floyd Mayweather Promotions. Um, mm-hmm. What is the logic or the, the thinking behind who gets to promote what? Sometimes it's like they do it together. But like, what is the, the sort of the, the logic that goes into the, the promotional aspect?
1: Uh, I think sometimes it's geographical where people have a relationship with, you know, certain venues, uh, certain commissions, you know, license. there's, you know, some promoters are licensed in different, you know, precincts in different parts of the country. Um, you know, some guys have guys that they can populate a card with in a certain part of the country. You know, so um, I, I think some of it is that, you know, so you'll see like You know, besides TGB being, you know, the primary uh, promoter for some of these cards, you know, and you'll see Marshall doing some stuff in like Pennsylvania or in the Northeast, you know. uh, You'll see Warriors doing some stuff in Chicago where they have a nice base or down in Florida where they're based, you know. um, You know, we were doing, you know, we were doing a few fights in Texas where, you know, we were using local promoters and everything. Uh, So I think a lot of, like I said, a lot of times, you know, it's based on, you know, who could populate a card with some local guys, you know, in the local venues and, you know, some local ticket sellers and things like that. So I think that's, I think sometimes that's it, you know, but TGV has been, TGV does a good job for us, you know, and, um, you know, that relationship goes back to the days when Dan Goosen, you know, uh, Al did some stuff with Dan Goosen when Dan was promoting Floyd for a minute, you know, so, um, you know, and Al's pretty loyal to people. So, you know, and uh, Tom Brown is uh, Dan's brother-in-law, you know, was a matchmaker for, for, you know, for Dan Goosen, for Goosen Tudor, for Goosen Promotions for a long time. And, you know, he knows boxing inside and out Uh, and still is a hell of a matchmaker. Um, But, you know, um, I think those are, you know, some of the factors you know uh, that involved working with certain promoters in certain precincts in certain areas of the country.
0: Okay, um, totally different question. When are we going to well, see Ray Mancini back on commentary?
1: I don't know what Ray's deal is. That's a Fox question, really. Hmm. Um, you know, he he he. You know, he was doing some of the FS1 shows. He he still you know does some of the studio stuff. Still does some of the. You know the the studio shows and stuff, but I don't know. That's a Fox question. That's a really good question. I have to ask somebody at Fox. You know what's going on with that? Um,
0: you got to call the other hotline. I mean, I'm
1: just. I got to call the Fox hotline for that. I, I just, man, you know, I'm running with so many different things. Um, you know, every day. I mean, you know, from between Showtime and Fox and you know the number of shows that we got going. It's you know it's sort of hard to keep up with you know, individuals and where they are. I mean, sometimes you just look up and you go, hey, what happened to that guy? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, you don't see somebody at a, a, you know, at a fight, you know, um, you know, like a couple of weeks and you go, hey, where's this guy? Oh, he's off doing football or he's doing spring training or, you know, something like that, you know, but I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Ray. I Um, have to ask. That's a good question.
0: So how much control does PBC have over like the Fox production so whether that be the commentary team on on fights or like the Inside PBC boxing show um in terms of like the content that we see the the conversations that they have the graphical stuff that we see on the screen like how much control does PBC have or participation do they ha- uh does PBC have in that or is it just basically Fox does what
1: they do It's just television I think we have I think we have some, you know, some say sometimes and, you know, what what boxers or what fighters are on, you know, some of these shows and everything. But, you know, in terms of the editorial content, I don't think we have that much control over the editorial content. They make decisions, you know, based on their own programming. You know, it's pretty much just their airways. You know, they, they buy us for boxing content and stuff. You know, they buy the, you know, the show's. It's sort of like, I guess the question would be like, how much, you know, how much uh, control would Dick Wolf have, you know, uh, or how much control would Dick Wolf have on, you know, the time slot for Law and Order on NBC? You know, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't, I don't know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I mean, he would, he would be, he would be in control of like the show, the script the you know the actors and that kind of stuff but you know in terms of like when it's on and you know the time slot i don't know if he has any control over that but you know so um
0: i think like the the big difference when fox got involved uh and you know pbc signs a deal with fox is like I, i i feel like that boxing fans for the most part have viewed boxing in this really strange little box and not really connected Uh, Or at least made the connection that, like, the NFL doesn't work like the way, say, boxing worked when it was on HBO and Showtime only. Um, ESPN does NFL stuff, and they do whatever they want. And you know, there was no connection really between the NFL didn't go to ESPN and say, "Well, Stephen A. can't talk about X, Y, and Z." They may not have because obviously it would hurt the partnership. But like. Um boxing has never enjoyed that kind of relationship between networks where it's like the networks they cover our sport and we just do the sport.
1: Um I'm, I'm sort of not clear on what your question is. Oh, I I'm, I'm not asking um, a question there, but I I was just kind of no. like
0: making an observation at least from from my perspective of like how it seems uh
1: Well, I I you know what I think. I think Fox treats the treats boxing and the PBC like it treats every other sport.
0: That was my exactly. main point basically.
1: Yeah, yeah, if that makes sense. I mean, they they treat it like they treat their, you know, like major league baseball. They have a studio show. The guys are on the studio show. They're going to have commentary on, you know, what's going on in, you know, in the in the sport, but it is called Inside the PBC. It's not called Inside Boxing. You know, so I think that's the difference between, you know, the shoulder programming that we do on Fox, it is geared primarily toward, you know, premier boxing champions and what's going on in that universe. It's not necessarily geared toward what's going on in the sport. Yeah, there are occasions where you can't ignore what's going on in the sport because it impacts what happens in the PBC, you know, rankings and, you know, uh, sanctioning, sanctioning organization rankings and, you know, eliminators and all that kind of stuff. You can't ignore that. And I know that, you know, people got all upset when, you know, Terrence Crawford is left off of a list of of uh, welterweights. But sometimes they're talking about welterweights inside the PBC. They're not talking about welterweights in boxing. You know, people get all upset like, you know, oh, they're ignoring Terrence Crawford. Well, no, we're talking about the PBC universe. Terrence Crawford is not in the PBC universe. You know, if you, if you have up a list and it doesn't say PBC welterweights, you know, then Terrence Crawford's gonna be listed in that group of welterweights, you know, because he is a welterweight and he's a top rank welterweight. And I don't mean top rank like promoted by top rank, but I'm saying he's ranked very highly. Right. You know, at welterweight. Um so, you know, I think people look at, you know, what goes on some of those programming as as, you know, we're trying to be you know, exclusionary of what's going on in boxing, but you have to remember the title of the show is called Inside the PBC.
0: Right, and yeah. and like, look, the jump doesn't talk about Euro League; it talks about the NBA, and it, it makes sense. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Couple more questions right now. Sure. Put you on the spot. Who is sure. the face of PBC?
1: Who's the face? Yep. We have
0: faces. (laughs) How many you want to pick?
1: We have faces, and they're all boxers Deontay Wilder, Errol Spence, Danny Garcia, Keith Thurman, Manny Pacquiao, uh, Leo Santa Cruz, uh, Javante Davis. um, You know, and I'm leaving out guys, but we have faces. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, you know, is that our boxers are our strength. That's what we are. It's premier boxing champions. I don't box. Al doesn't box. Um, the lawyers don't box. The CEO, the CEO doesn't box. You know the boxers box, and you know that's why people don't understand why Al was behind the scenes. Al was behind the scenes because he's not out there trying to take the shine away from boxers. He's not out front, you know, making a bunch of outrageous statements about uh, about things, because you know he doesn't want to elevate himself above the boxers. The boxers are what people come, you know, to to see. Their stories are the ones that people want to hear about. You know. And I know that, you know, that uh writers like to be able to pick up the phone and call Bob Barum or they like when Eddie Hearn gets in front of them and spouts a bunch of stuff that's entertaining for them and they can write about it and this outrageous and people can get to talking about it. But, you know, um our job and Al's job is not to be out there making a bunch of outrageous statements. Our job is to try to continue to make the best fights that we possibly can and to continue to try to make the sport popular again. That's the whole, you know, reason for the PBC being in existence is to make it a sport, you know, that people want to see, that people are talking about a big fight like Wilder and Fury, like they talk about the Super Bowl, or like they talk about the NBA finals, or like they talk about the world series, you know? Um, so that's the, you know, that's, that's what we, that's what we try to get people to do. It's not talk about whatever outrageous thing that, you know, Bob Aram says or whatever outrageous thing that Eddie Hearn says, and, you know, get out in front of people and tell everybody that this is the greatest show ever in the history of boxing and that kind of stuff, you know, but it's like, Hey, look, this is a pretty good fight. These are two pretty good fighters. They're both undefeated. You know, they both have something on the line, and they're both trying to establish themselves as the top man in their weight class or their division. You know, we think you ought to watch it. Here's their personal story. Here's how they got here. You know, that's really what it's all about. That's the face of the PBC is the stories that these guys have, the, the, the guys that are in, are in the sport, you know, and doing their thing. Uh, so we have faces. We don't have a face. We have faces, and I think that's what separates us from from everybody else. And you know, uh, I, I just I like that. I, I I happen to like that. Now you know, would I have liked that as a writer? I don't know. You were a writer. You know, maybe I would have. I was a writer. Maybe I would have wanted you know to you know to to have somebody out there saying a bunch of outrageous things and you know, but. You know, I always I also liked you know writing writing the stories about boxers. I also liked writing issues that were involved in the sport. I also liked putting things into perspective. You know, like if you tell me that this fight is going to happen, you know, as a as a writer and now as a reader, I want to know why is it important? Why do why should I spend my time watching this? Tell me, you know, why this deserves to be prominent in my entertainment choices you know it's nice to know that this fight's going to happen on march the 29th or this fight's going to happen on february 22nd or this fight's going to happen on june the 3rd but what does it mean what does it mean to the two guys that are involved what does it mean to the future of the sport what does it mean for the division you know why are we watching it I, and i go back to that because when i worked at the new york times which you know pretty decent newspaper in new york <laughs> uh, my my editor my sports editor every time i told him i wanted to go cover a fight his question to me was okay what does it mean what does it lead to mm. you know mm. and he wanted to know what it led to what did you know, put it in some kind of perspective why why would why would our readers care about this you know you're writing primarily for readers you're writing for sports fans why would a sports fan care about this you know Is it going to be a good story? Can you tell me a good story about one of the guys that's involved in it? What's unique about this guy? You know, uh, why should I care? And I think that there's still room for that. But I think the sport, in terms of the journalists that are now in the sport, I think the sport's been hijacked by people who can't or won't, you know, tell those stories. I think that they see in this current age of the sport being covered in 140 characters, that the best way that they can make themselves prominent in the sport and make themselves like go-to guys and heroes on Twitter is just to tweet about, you know, fights that are going to happen and being the first to say that such-and-such is going to fight such-and-such on July 29th, you know, um, on this network or this streaming service. That that has replaced telling me what this means. You know, when I wrote a column at the New York Daily News, my mandate was different. My mandate was, you know, tell me who's going to win and why and who I should bet on. <laughs> so, you know, and if you could say why, how somebody was going to win, why they were going to win and who somebody should bet on, then I did my job at the New York Daily News. And if I could, you know, squeeze in an occasional, you know, why it means something, all the better. That, but and, we don't have that anymore. People people aren't really readers anymore.
0: yeah. I, th- yep. I think that's that's a, a big factor is that you can write the articles, but it doesn't seem like people are reading them. But the, ca- the counter to that and something that Fox has done, I think, really well is they've created the countdown shows where mm-hmm. for every fight, we can go inside those fighters lives and see, um, you know, what these guys are about, find out mm-hmm. why this fight's important. And answer those questions of why you should care about this fight. And I think one of the the uh, the greatest accomplishments of the show was in the lead up to the Caleb Plant fight, where he won his title against Jose Jose Uscotegui. Um That that was a heartbreaking episode.
1: Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, it, because you know you you realize that he you know was doing that for the, his daughter that passed. It was a heart wrenching you know story. You sort of understood this guy's drive. You know, but those stories aren't being written, but, you know, you have to find a place where it's being told and it's not being told a lot. You know, Um, so, you know, I, I, I say all that to say that I think, you know, having a network behind you and being willing to give you those kinds of shoulder programming shows where you can tell those stories and then to be able to put, you know, 10 fights a year on regular television is important for the sport, you know, um, you know, and then we have, you know, shows on FS1, and we have shows on Showtime, you know, and this is this is not saying that it's, you know, this is not to to, to denigrate what's going on on streaming because those those fights are streamed as well on FS, you know, Fox Fox streaming service and Showtime streaming service. Mm-hmm. This is not to take a shot at streaming services or anything like that. You know, look, everything has a place and, you know, the consumer of the sport will find, will find it where they want to. We just want, to, we just want to, to, to bring it to a broader audience. And, you know, to me, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with opening it up to more people or, or letting people take a peek behind the curtain and determining whether they like it or not. They may not like it, you know, and guess what? We'll find that out in the next couple of years or so you know, and, and, you know, if if they don't, then it was a heck of a ride. If they do, then you know what, we, we managed to revive the sport, um, in four years that it took 40 years for people to drive into a niche.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really well said. Um, last question.
1: That's that's what they pay me for.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you, 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 you're a writer, so you, you may have a way with words. Um, Maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. But the last question. So there's a conspiracy theory online of a, a, a community of which I am part. And um, mm-hmm. one of the theories is that we are awaiting Wilder Fury 2 to, to come and go before anybody announces fights because top rank, PBC, all of these guys are, well, at least the fronts are pretty quiet in terms of announcing anything new. Um, so as not to upstage next week's pay per view. Any truth to that? Is wh- when can we expect more announcements for what's coming next?
1: Well, we—I mean, we have announced—we have announced all of our fights in March. I don't. Maybe they did not move the needle, but we have Kanaki. <laughs> we have Kanaki, Kanaki. fought fighting Hellenius on March 7th at Barclays. That's on Fox. Uh, March 14th, uh, you know, James Kirkland. Uh, you know, coming back in, on March 14th and in, in uh, at the MGM Grand National Harbor, uh, March 28th. Um, you know, we got uh, Neary. the show in Vegas. Neary, you know, going up in weight, Thank God. Um, <laughs> so I mean, we have we we have announced our fights for for March. I don't you know I don't know how far out you want to go with fights, and and you know everybody knows that. You know what's been out there. You know the the talk of of uh, you know Javante Davis and um, you know Leo Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. You know getting it on at some point. We haven't announced the date for that. We haven't even announced that that's being worked on. But I was about to say you know, you're kind
0: of there. leaving the door open there by just saying we haven't announced the date yet. But you just closed that door.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, but but our March schedule out there. I don't. You know, I don't know what else is, I don't know what anybody else is doing. I don't know what, you know, I I, I just, I don't know what, el- I don't know what everybody else is waiting on, or what are you talking, the particular, just the uh, Canelo fight, or Triple G, or...
0: Oh, I, I mean, uh, I don't know that we or... need to get into that discussion, but I got theories on that. Um, specifically related okay. to PBC, Errol Spence.
1: Okay. Um, Coming back in the summer.
0: Summertime? Mm-hmm. Okay. Manny Pacquiao? Summer. Hmm. Danny Garcia? Summer. (laughs) Okay, well, we won't be able to conclude anything uh, from that, so we'll wrap it up here. Tim, thanks a lot uh, for coming on, answering Mm -hmm. these questions. I know it's late over there. Hope we could do it again sometime, and I'll uh, have some more jokes for you.
1: Any, any time, any time. If we're still in, if we're still in business, um, you know, I'm, I'm busy, you know, sitting on my resume <laughs> trying to make sure I can land the next gig, man. Cause you know, and I'm, and I'm, you know, sitting by the door waiting for the FBI to kick it in. Um, any well, minute now, take my laptop.
0: Well, when so, you get on Instagram, um, I can DM you uh, a job offer.
1: Thank you very much. You're very kind. (laughs) Uh, I look forward to working with you in the future. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, it'll be worth three or four times whatever Al's paying you. That's for sure.
1: Wow. That's big. (laughs) I can retire then. (laughs) (laughs) I can retire after one year. I can retire.
0: All right. Thanks a lot, Tim. I really appreciate it. Thanks to to Kenneth for setting this up.
1: Anytime, man. Any anytime, anytime you want to talk, just you know, give me a shout and we can do it. It's not uh, you know contrary to popular belief. I'm I'm available all the time. I'm not hiding anywhere. Um, you know, and I and I do comment. If you ask me a question, if I don't know the answer, I'll pick up the hotline and we'll find out together.
0: <laughs> uh, that'll be fun. I have to. I'll think of a a hotline question for next time.
1: Okay, good, good. <laughs> I like hotline questions because it, it keeps me informed.
0: Yeah. Well. Thanks a lot. And uh, so enjoy the Caleb plant fight. And then maybe we'll see each other in Vegas.
1: All right. Excellent.
0: All right. So that's the interview. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, We don't typically do interviews on this podcast. You know, usually you just get two, three hours of straight rambling about our own musings and thoughts and, and, and analyzing and critiques of the sport. But we got an interview this time and maybe, maybe we'll do more of them. Maybe we'll get some other types of interviews. Um, We'll be back to our regularly scheduled podcasts. Um, we'll probably break this down. You know, I'm sure Tom and Fred or whoever the, whoever we got on this weekend, um, those guys are going to want to you know ask me questions or at least discuss some of the things that was said here. So, I hope you guys enjoyed it. As always, you can catch me in the chat if you are in our Discord server. Otherwise, we will be back with another episode shortly.